Peace be to this house. Peace be with all that are in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. When we hear the word tradition, most figure it's something old. However, tradition is simply handing something down to others. That's all it is. Having no tradition is impossible because passing things on just happens in life. Whether for better or worse is another question, but tradition goes on from one generation to the next. We tie it, as we know many times, to what families do in home, but it flows right over also into the church, into the state. You can end up passing on good things, things that are bad, and frankly, things that are kind of trivial, of why do you even do that at all? Well, Grandma just did kind of stuff. Isaiah told Israel, you heard, about their rebellious tradition of shaping themselves as a people. And it would be broken since God was the potter and not the clay. And likewise, Jesus addressed the Pharisees today over the blessed tradition of passing on God's holy word as the greatest good. To say as we did, O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells is not to put a wall up in between the rest of the week. God's service at forgiveness is to flow into daily life. And so St. Paul, before our reading, which is a really heavy reading, we know what he says right before this. He tells the whole church, every single person, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then Paint Paul goes right into the home to speak on marriage. And instead of dealing with conflict, it was to clear up a big confusion. As a commentary notes, for there were as many marriage customs in ancient times as there were societies, and the legal rights and responsibilities of men and women varied enormously. You see, the multitude of subjects you heard today, wives, husbands, the church, all of that can take you off in very fast directions, very quickly, those discussions. But notice something. St. Paul sets them all before the same object. What's the object? Jesus. The love of Christ defends his church and keeps the gift of marriage good. And so a defense of marriage is relating to love built into relationship. Now, evolutionary doctrine, you all hear about it, you read about it, you know it's a problem. But that leaves marriage into utter chaos. Because that's where we come from, so that's what marriages will be, and that's what people will think of marriage. But God made known the beauty of it all by the book of Genesis, right? This design was for a man and woman. 
But after the fall, the jagged heartache of it all is evident. The Lord spoke of painful childbirth and the desire of Eve to rule over her husband. Adam would suffer from the thorns and thistles of work of the earth. However, if you notice, the relationship factor of marriage is a dimmer picture. It's never really talked about by God because God knows the consequences of what happens between two sinners. And you're not going to get much closer than that in marriage. Marriage is a problem because love is broken. Abraham and Sarah had a one flesh union. And they acted in agreement to conceive a child by another woman because they couldn't have children. Isaac's wife, Rebecca, worked behind the scenes so her husband blessed Jacob and not Esau, the son he loved. Samson, as you know, wanted Delilah, a Philistine. David took the wife of another husband. Solomon, he wasn't as wise as you think with all the wives he had. Be careful with marriage, Christians. Because relating to love, built into relationship of husband and wives, carries a great beauty, but it comes with a sting with the law. Then, of course, there's also the other thing going on today. That isn't just the law of being sinners. It's the hostile tradition today to trigger ears over what St. Paul says to wives and husbands or the ordered relationship of gender within marriage. And yet, for all of this, the relationship of Christ to his church defends the greatest love. This is set upon all things in this life First, to set all these things before God as he comes to us by the gospel. Marriage matters because Christ, as God, did not reject the created order, but he made something more of it by his great sacrifice. While Adam blamed Eve, Christ, the new Adam, only blesses his church Silencing her fears of sin, death, and Satan, even as she goes off, as it's been recorded in history, into very dark and devious ways. He still blesses her. Here is a love unknown to natural humanity. None of you know it, and I don't know it. Even to husbands, they don't know it. Because it belongs to Jesus alone who laid down his life as God for us to know love. And this kind of love asked nothing, but did everything to redeem sinners, having now made the church the icon of marriage. Of course, when we look at her, the church in this world has suffered loss, shamed herself, been shamed it's against, and even can be undesirable. 
but not to Christ. Fixed to the duty of marital relationship, St. Paul places the greatest of love. When he talks about it, it's not without Jesus and all that he brings of good news to the poor. What does he say? He says the forgiveness perfectly won by Christ comes bound to his church. That's better than a wedding ring. That's the blood and sacrifice of Jesus that covers a multitude of sin. That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. You catch it? Washing of water word is not but Christ's hands are at work in baptism. He did it for an adult. He does it for babies. This is what just Jesus does to bring people to be in his church that he loves. This design, of course, is good news. He cleansed us from our inherited corruption, and his holiness has given us a new relationship, unbroken, where we are members of his body. It doesn't matter what the past was like or what the family tradition is that passed on to you. You belong to the body of Jesus, broken and battered and risen from the dead to give you strength for something awesome and better. It is this justifying love, unshaken, that, go, that does not say, you better submit to me or else. Is that how Jesus is? But causes his church, he causes his church to be subject to him freely. Since Christ is our defense, there's nothing greater and more freer Marriage is a good gift of love to keep on defending. St. Paul follows the order. Do you see in the text? He follows the order of how God first spoke to Eve and then he spoke to Adam. Two heads, we say, are better than one. But let's be real. That's not little to life. That is not what life is supposed to look like to have two heads. Headship is necessary in marriage, first because God made a one-flesh union, a body, a man and a woman, instead of two self-serving individuals. Second, Christ and his bride, the church, also now bear witness to that headship. Accept this. Jesus alone is the Savior. And no husband dare boast of such a claim. And you might even get your butt kicked for that by your wife. The need for wives to show submission is not a fight over male and female as it's made out to be today. You've been tricked. You've been duped. But to direct attention to those precious words, as to the Lord. That is a faith thing, not a works thing. And such trust in Jesus by wives 
means husband, husbands carry the greater task of headship that calls for love. This is not love in earthly terms like humanity is thinking. But love directed and authored by Christ, the true man, the only man who is God for us. It means husbands constantly and without condition carry an authority to give up himself to love his wife even at his own loss. Men, you lose so that every time she gets to win. St. Paul directs husbands to love their wives more than their own bodies, which is to suffer lean leading. A lot of people say we need leaders today. We need men willing to lead to step out in front because, frankly, You've got broad shoulders, and you need to be hit with suffering and struggle before the fears and burdens of this life, and there are many. While a husband could lose himself, as many do, I'll just work and take care of the family and lose themselves and all that stuff outside of the home, no wall exists before the care over a wife and what makes up her daily life. Don't you do that. You're trying to put a wedge in between a love that Jesus doesn't do to any of us. He goes with you today with sins forgiven to live in your life as the baptized to give you courage to not build up those walls. So here we go. If hostility is against Christ and his church, which it is, a loveless spirit will naturally be against an attack marriage. It's just gonna happen. It might seem new today to us. I grew up in a different time where plenty of people were celebrating 50, 60, 70 year anniversaries. I've envisioned not so much as I age, but you know what? It's not new. It's just a bad tradition for this country we've, had, we've taken in working to turn things upside down. St. Paul speaks not to the world, but to the baptized about a new way with the law of love. Marriage is not the only topic, okay? But domestic order starts in the home, a true place of love designed, and a mystery God now overshadows with the messiness of it all, with his presence. Christ and his church is not a relationship unto death like we say in marriage vows. It's not like that in the church. It's actually to life everlasting. So spouses can have great joy over their one who believed in Jesus too and take joy to see them again on the last day with a resurrected body and to embrace each other with an even deeper love that has been cut off by death in this life. The, forgiveness and the forgiven and redeemed are free to carry such a gospel from God into our lives. Christ's love defends his church, everybody. 
He'll do it till he comes again in glory. And by him doing that, he keeps the good gift of marriage for us to honor too. Amen. Now the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and make your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And at this time, we'll continue with a hymn in place of the typical creed. And so we'll sing a short hymn that's based around the creed. We all believe in one true God, 953 at this time. 